Hey, everybody, this is Jim Star Laser from American Gladiators. Thanks for watching Verbal Shenanigans. We'll see you again sometime soon. But our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Mike is doing a jig. He's ready to go. Shenanigans jig. It's time to go. It's time to go. Let's go, Mike. You're jigging. You do the intro. Go. Right up the top. Go. Yeah, let's do it. Everybody, welcome back. It's another year. It's another great episode. I am stoked. Like Scott says, every once in a while, when it looks like he's about ready to hit record, I just shake the shoulders a little bit. I'm like, it's time to go. It's podcast time. It's not just any podcast time. It's Verbal Shenanigans podcast time. Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Well, why don't I ever split the duty with you? Why am I always the guy who has to I know. I, I got gold over here, but you can't keep usually, going with your stuff, man. No, because usually I say, how you doing? And you're like, yeah, I'm all right. Let's get this thing on the road. You know, let's do this <laughs> stupid thing we've done 500 episodes of. Well, almost 500 episodes of. But uh, Mike's ready to go. He's shimming. I think it's because... Before this, we recorded um, an interview that almost made you kill yourself. Um, I won't tell anybody who it is nope, or nope. which one it is. We'll just see nope. if we lose a couple listeners that week. Like, mm-hmm. they kill themselves along with you. But yeah. we're going to put it out there. We are definitely going to put it out there because, you know what? It's good content. We've recorded. you got to listen to it. That's not always true. There have been a couple interviews that have not been have not been released um, the mysterious disappearing episodes yes yeah one was a guy that we brought on who was a sponsor of a nascar but all he wanted to talk about was his weed business and it was like really boring yeah. ever talk okay. to like i'm not a weed smoker ever talk to people who love weed so much they just talk about the actual weed and you're like uh okay i mean i guess it would be like if i'm a craft beer drinker and talk to someone who doesn't drink or or likes like doesn't drink beer or something like and i'm just going on and on about the hops in it and the malt and and when i can see how that would be boring so maybe we just weren't the audience for that but all this guy talked about was his weed well i will put it down another level like if it's if it's like the weed friend is like well if you want like this kind of certain high, you do this one. If you sure. want this kind of feeling, you do that one. There's some substance there. This guy was going to like the molecular level of his chemical. Right. And like doing it for 20 minutes where it's like, dear God, I just wanted to talk to you about NASCAR and not being on the car. Then we had another lady who thought she was the reincarnation of Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. And during the interview, the entire time she couldn't shut her birds up that were in the background. She'd be like, hold on, my birds are going great. Like nonstop. And she was so all over the place that I kind of had no idea what she was talking about half the interview. See, that one I thought was a crime he didn't put out, to be honest. That one was so whacked out. I thought that fit our genre perfectly. Right. But you just like, oh, she's too over the place. We're not putting it out. Yeah, I also think that was a time when we had like a bazillion interviews like in the docket and like it just never got to her. And I'm mm. sure there was like, one, oh, one we had. There was like a Maxim model that we had. A Maxim model. She, and she sent us rum. 
Oh yeah, and, that, and she that never was, came out. Yeah, she was a nice person. It wasn't a bad interview. It just got lost. It just got lost. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. Sometimes things. That's how good this show is. Sometimes you do an interview, you don't even get on the air. You don't get through our uh, our, our sources. Yeah, like my words. Like sometimes when I'm talking, words forget to show up or they magically morph into something that doesn't exist. Yeah. They're all wonderful, <laughs> but. Since it's so wonderful, sometimes it comes out all jibber jab, if you will. See, if you said that in a perfect Donald Trump voice, it would mm-hmm. sound like one of his. Sometimes my words are so wonderful; mm-hmm. they're just so beautiful. They get lost in jibber jab. Like, obviously, I can't do a Donald Trump impression, but I'm just picturing him saying that, and it makes complete sense. And then people will be like, "Yeah," you know, like they. Oh. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't mind getting some Trump people to listen to the show. I mean, I mean, they are. He is going to be our next president. I mean, it's pretty much going to happen. It's, so. it's, it's moving that way. So. Yes. Yes. Um, speaking of, of, of MAGA country, I did a co- I, it's not even really MAGA country, but I did a comedy show in uh, East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania this weekend. Oh, OK. Um, great little place called the Cinder Inn. Uh, shout out to Veronica for taking care of all the comics. Really nice. Nice tiny room, maybe like 35, 40 people. That's where I thrive. That's like my perfect audience. Mm. Um, like the 41st person comes in, you're like, damn it. Yeah. No, it's going like, to be terrible. I like a nice small room with um, a packed small room. That's my favorite. Mm. Um, which So you're of- like an elevator comedian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. like you want to go to like some touristy thing where they have to go up 100 flights. And then you just want to run in and squeeze in there and do a tight 10. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was a little, like, not nervous. Um, I just haven't been doing a lot of comedy, like, just with the mm-hmm. kid and stuff like that. It just, like, it's not as prevalent as it once was. I I have to pick and choose my gig, make sure um, I'm making some money, you know, make sure it's worth it. It's very hard to sell the wife, like, hey, I'm leaving you tonight to go do comedy, and I'm making wings uh, yeah I'm, I'm getting wings and i'm probably gonna have three beers um so we're in the negative on this comedy show so do the show my good friends joe fernandez ryan patrick we go down we carpool together great time and I, i'm doing like i the only reason i was nervous not because of the comedy is just because of the time i had to do i knew i was gonna be doing like 30 plus which Ooh. if you're rusty that's like you know it's mm. a long time yeah um so I get on stage and I was 100% comfortable having a great time, um, having a, in fairness, B, B to B plus set. Set's going really well. We're going okay. really well. I'm comfortable. Usually I'm a sweater. Like I grab the microphone, I start sweating. Um, I'm calm, cool, collected. And the room was warm. <laughs> um, so I'm having a great time. Okay. All of a sudden in the middle of my set, I just hear, um and i look over i'm like whoa whoa in the middle of my set i'm like sir you okay like trying to it's this guy this old gentleman who looked like he was on death's door okay Mm -hmm. is puking Maybe coughing, maybe dying. Like it could have been any of those three scenarios because I tried to just do the spectrum of sounds I heard because yeah. it went from weird breathing to like <laughs> like hacking. Um, I didn't know if he'd. Re- 
and then I'm in the middle of the set like, okay, I have the room, but now I'm addressing the guy. Are you okay? And like, of course, I ask him if he's okay, and his response is, I'm holding up like, like nodding, yeah. you know. And and then there's that weird dynamic like, I don't want to single the guy out like you know if he's coughing and having a fit but now the rest of the room is doing that turn their heads and look at him i'm like oh god i'm singling out the poor guy who's gonna die and then i'm like do i make a joke about this and then the guy's gonna keep going so in the middle of my set i probably have video that i could post on this which would be fine because you couldn't see him anyway um but you just hear (laughs) for like two minutes and i had to like and it was right before my like closing bit, which is is my best bit. It is a good five minutes that I I always try to do at the end of a bit. So if the guy dies, that's the bit you want him to go to heaven with. Right yeah, there. at least hear that before he goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. at least like he's talking to Saint Peter. He's like, I was a bad person, but you got you got to hear this joke from Scott Brennan. But it was so weird, man. There was a good two minutes there where. I did not know if the guy was going to go right off the chair and die. I, I There was a point where I waited like a second. And I was like, well, this is weird. And then I made like a joke. I was like, it's really hard to, you know, do comedy when Darth Vader is over there. And like the room didn't really feel that one. Like everyone was no. just concerned. And your imitation, he was a COVID Santa. That would have been my call. It's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, but even that, like, it was just so awkward in the room for like two or three minutes. But thankfully, I mean, I, they did come back for the last bit, and the guy did not die. But it was a very interesting scenario where the rest of the show he just sat there, like, I guess he got his like cough or vomity thing under control, but he just sat there like staring at me with frozen face, like he like he was going. And so you know, I'm panning the crowd, trying to do my jokes, and I catch eye contact with him, be like, huh, huh. I, I don't want to be the last thing this dude, this dude sees." But um, yeah, like when somebody's coughing like that, you should be able to give a signal to the person who's doing the show, be like, "I want my two minutes." You know, don't yeah. give me the light now. <laughs> this guy took from me. I still got it. I want to finish this, coach. Yeah, luck- luckily I booked this show, so I could have gone on for as long as I wanted. But it was it was strange, and it was actually good practice, I guess, because I've I've heard of people like doing comedy where someone has seizures in the audience, and they got to g- stop the show, and then they got to get them back, and mm-hmm. like, but it w- it was a, a very interesting comedy experience, if you will. Did you kill last night? No, but funny story. I know. Well, that that's like the you know the line everyone thinks of. Oh, I definitely killed last night. You know. Oh yeah, I, that was the closest I've had to where I thought somebody was was uh, going to die in my show. Mm. Um, uh-huh. Then another interesting thing, real quick. This week, my buddy sends a um, text message to me about a kid we grew up in um, in our neighborhood. Um, we we knew his brother. His brother went to school and middle school with us and high school. And the, the article was essentially like. The article is essentially like, um, uh, we'll call him Justin. Not okay. You guys can go Google this guy if you're interested afterwards. But let's say Justin Brown was um, convicted of embezzling like over $800,000 um, from this company, blah, blah, blah. And it goes into his crimes, right? Normal article about someone who got caught doing something. And like first the shock value is like, wow. And I just text my buddy like, that's crazy. You know, no, whatever. 
And then I actually click on the article and read the article, and I'm reading through the article, and it's like, you know, he did this, blah, blah. And then in the middle of the article, it goes, Justin Brown, uh, who once was the manager of Woodbridge Bowling Alley, who also bowled two perfect games, is sentenced for hearing Mm. on May 4th or whatever it was. Mm. I'm like, that is... One of the weirdest things. I, why was that put in the ar- article? Like, what does his past and the fact that he he bowled two perfect games in his life have to do with him embezzling eight hundred thousand dollars from the company he's currently with? I assume this paper is like we pay you for X amount of words. So if you want money for this article, you got to hit two hundred words or something to that effect. I know, but that's essentially like Mike Burlew, like. Once yeah. made a snow melting machine and played a toothbrush in a, his school play. Great memories. Uh, is convicting of fraud, you know, and is going to jail for a long. Like it had nothing to do with the article, and it just came out of nowhere. And then after that, it was like, for more news on this, follow blah blah blah. Like I, I'm just wondering, like how it went down. Like okay, the reporter is just like. You know, tell us about, you know, Justin Brown here, what he's convicted of, and what else do you know about him? What did he tell you about him? Oh, he's got a fan. Like, even if they were like, oh, he's got a family of four or whatever, and, uh, you know, uh, lives there in this house, that would be more relevant. The fact that he, they said he bowled two perfect games was the funny. I was cracking up for like 15 minutes. I'm like, why is this in this article? All right. So here's my thought process. Mm-hmm. So. He's an embezzler, not a good person. I'm going to predict he's like a loner, not really popular kind of person. So well, he doesn't we already have know like, your, your beef with the bowling community. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll yeah, into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But um, clearly, he doesn't have other people for character. So I just imagine like the jury comes back. They're like, everybody's like, he's guilty. He took that $800,000, and the lawyer has to convince the judge. Oh. Like, you know, with sentencing, you know, you know, what, what, what are we calling him again? Justin Brown. Yeah. Uh, Your Honor, I mean, Justin Brown doesn't deserve to go to jail. This is a fine, upstanding gentleman. This man managed a bowling alley yeah. for many years. And not only did he manage that bowling alley, Your Honor, this man went on to perform two Perfect games. How many? Said Alec. Two. Two, Your Honor. No, no, he didn't get lucky and squirt out, somehow get 12 strikes on one, Your Honor. He got two. And the purpose to send this immaculate bowler manager to jail for 20 years would be unacceptable. Who's really embezzling money here? Him or us for not paying to see this man's feats, uh, to see this man's free amazing bowling ability every tuesday at nine o'clock in the men's league like your honor do you know my client runs a fantasy football team yes right now he finished second three years in a row yes he has never had to perform the hazing act of last place he's always been on quality picks he knows not to get quarterbacks in the first round that's a foolish man's game your honor and this man is not a fool and he doesn't deserve to go into jail for this. Yeah, yeah, I picture like Justin Brown was sentenced to death for embezzling, blah, blah, blah. The, 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 the men gave him his last meal. They injected him with the poison. They said, do you have any last words for the audience? 
too perfect game. <laughs> Hit the switch. <laughs> no, no, I don't have to get to the switch because it's 11.59. It's the governor. He just found out about your two perfect games. Yeah. He's like, yeah. get this man get back on trial. Get Bring him out of here. Office. Bring him to my office. <laughs> Yeah, one of the weirdest articles I've ever seen written by journalists. I almost wanted to like email the journalists just for content on the podcast and see what they said. Like, how did the perfect game get into this? But mm. I'm too lazy to do. Or that. maybe we go full running man, and he, and it's like, if you don't bowl your third perfect game, we're putting you in an electric oh, chair. That's a good one. That's Can you imagine one. the ratings on that? Oh my god, death row bowling. Another another million million dollar uh, idea yeah, from yeah. Michael Burley. You're welcome. Death row bowling. Uh, all these inmates. If you could bowl a perfect game, you are clear of all your crimes, all your terrible things to humanity. Just all you need is twelve strikes. Yeah, we'll, we'll have different events and all. Or like- or to make it more interesting, because death because they're not going to bowl perfect games. We get a couple inmates, and whoever has the highest score doesn't get killed that day. Ooh, I kind of <laughs> like that. Yeah, and you know they're going to be talking trash while they're going yeah. up there. They're not going to be the. You know what? I'm going to be. I know the rules and ethics of a bowling alley. I don't know them in real world life, yeah. but I know I can't say anything while you're going up the bowl. No, he's going to be talking stuff. He'll be saying he did stuff to his mama. Yeah. He's going to try to shiv him when he goes for his ball. This can is going to be amazing. Can, can you imagine the fear that you're going to die, right? You could die, and you're walking up to that alley and putting your fingers into the ball and trying, like, the shaking your hands would be doing. Like, I'm thinking the scores are going to be, like, 80 to 7. Like, there's no high scores in death row bowling. Somebody is going to go down a peg in, in death row because they're going to do the granny underhand yeah. just to get the, ball, the pins yeah. to win the game. But then there's going to be that guy on death row who's just such a murderer, so stone cold, the coldest yeah. motherfucker on earth. He's just bowls a perfect game on yeah. death row. He's like, yeah, you know, whatever. He's like, he just, just Kyle trooping yeah, out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what? Yeah. I don't care if I die, if I live. And he's still mm. spitting in the camera's face. He's still mm. getting taken out in cups, like still cursing. Yeah. I ate a man's face. You think this scares me? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, well, today, okay, today, um, last week, if you tune in, we had Lori Fetrick, a.k.a. Ice from American Gladiators. Now, this is part of, we haven't really done anything like this before. Now, we kind of did with the show Kingdom. When I really got into the show Kingdom, had a couple guests on, got the director on, two actors from. This is like a little expose that Verbal Shenanigans is doing. If you've seen the Muscles and Mayhem documentary about um, the American Gladiators, we kind of have like a three-part investigative series here, Mike. This is like, uh, mm-hmm. no, no, we're not really investigating. We're actually asking just three people to come on our Zoom three weeks yeah. in a row. But a little journalism to see um, kind of where uh these guys or or women have ended up uh, their experience on gladiators and whatnot. Um, so in a little bit, we're going to bring on our second gladiator of the three, which we'll get to in a second. We'll tease it for a minute. Okay. Um, so la- we decided to accompany our gladiators interviews with little games. Okay. Mike, yeah. Mike, so far the only punishment Mike right now is that the loser has to sing the, 
the national anthem full-heartedly. Like, when I say full, like, there's no getting quiet for the microphone. This might involve, like, stepping back from the microphone and singing it at peak. Um, it, if the other person detects that the other person is not singing it, like, as if they were in front of 18,000 people at a hockey game, they might have to start over, okay? Exactly. Like, because I could sit here and be like, oh, say can, and you would be like, okay, and then I would probably taper off, you know? Mm-hmm. There's no tapering. There's no tapering. Nope. Uh, I know if I lose, I'm printing the lyrics out because I will botch it. I will 100% botch it if I don't have something to look at. So, so far, I last week we competed in the joust, I am, which was two truths and a lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am down three to one. Okay, I'm down three to correct. one. Mike... Mike got two of my points. The only one he missed on was the wrestlers I've met. And I think I fumbled the bag a little bit by telling stories that have been told on the podcast. And Mike's got a pretty decent memory with like podcast lore. Um, so I'm down three to one. Okay. So now we are entering into event number two. Okay. Mike, would you like to explain event number two? Uh, we are doing what's called podcast pyramid. So if you recall, from the American Gladiators, uh, two contestants will try to go up the pyramid with gladiators on top, and the goal is to try to get to the top and ring the bell to get the full amount of points. Sure. Uh, what we're going to do is we have seven questions for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first six will be worth one point. The final one will be considered two points, the toughest question, right. and we're trying to find out who can go highest up on the pyramid. Yes, so it's just an accumulation of points for those who are, if we didn't explain, it's going to be three events. There's one event left next week. Okay, so we'll see where we are at before we get to our gladiator interview of the the day of the year, really, because um, these are the first three episodes of the year. So, Mike, um, I think I gave you first choice last week. That is correct. I think I'm going to ask a question first. I think okay. I'm going to punt. Okay. That's good. All right. So first round of the podcast period, if you will. Okay. Um, this is a music category of podcast lore. So this is a verbal shenanigans lore. So we could also give you a little insight into some of the guests and, and things we've done on the show during this. Now, mm-hmm. Mike, we have interviewed two members of two of these bands and one member of the other two. Okay, so you need to tell me um, which bands we've interviewed two members of and which bands we've interviewed just one. Okay. Okay. So there is four. You got to tell me the two and two. All right. All right. All right. The first one is Pearl Jam. Mike, Pearl Jam. You may have heard of them before. Big Seattle grunge band. Mm -hmm. Um, Number two is Credence (laughs) Clearwater Revival. You may have heard of them before. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. believe they played at Woodstock. The other one is Incubus. Um, mm-hmm. great band from the 2000, early 2000s. Okay. And the other one is Coheed and Cambria. Uh, one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Okay. So give me the two that we interviewed two and the two that we interviewed one member of the band. Okay. Um, Coheed, we definitely did two. Uh, let's see. So we have Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam, Credence, and Incubus. Yep. 
I am going to say two for Pearl Jam, one for Credence, one for Incubus. Okay. So, Mike, you were spot on. We did have the Coheed cast where you had Josh Eppard and Travis Stever on, one of my favorite mm-hmm. bands of all time. Okay. I'm looking to get Travis back on one of these days soon. Okay. Now, uh, Mike, Incubus. Um, we did not interview this member of the band um, solo. We interviewed him in his new band. Uh, we had Dirk Lance, the bassist, on. Mm-hmm. However, we had never had another member of Incubus on the on the show. Okay, got that. Okay, so we did not interview two members of Incubus. Now, Creedence... per- two Pearl Jam. I know. Oh, okay. Credence uh, Clearwater. Who played at Woodstock, the original Woodstock. John Fogarty, one of the best. We did not have John on. However, Mike, we did have Stu Cook okay, um, on the show, who was the bass player, and Doug Cosmo Clifford, who was uh-huh. the drummer. We did have two on. Um, I'm sorry, Mike. We had two of Coheed, two of Creedence Clearwater, one of Pearl Jam, Dave Cruzen, uh, I mean, uh, Jeff Cruzen. Who, who was part of, I, I actually forget the name of the band at the moment. <laughs> oh, Sons of Silver, who played for Sons of Silver. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm sorry, Mike, you did not earn a point. Okay. Okay. All right, Mike, just to start, I wanted, I need you to slip on round one. Um, You're up. Okay, here we go. Okay, Scott. You went to jump, and you, you missed the first handle. You missed the first handle. Well, yeah, it's the first step, so I literally slipped on the step right yeah, there. Yeah, so. which which sounds right. Yeah, yeah. According to IMDb, how many more episodes have you done on of the show versus me? Is it A seventeen, B twenty two, C twenty eight, or D thirty three? So, how many more episodes have I done? Correct. Okay. Can you read the numbers again? Seventeen. 22, 28, 33. Ooh. Like 28 seems like a lot without you. But there was like... One is a lot without me. Let's be real. Hmm. 28. Like you came in around like... In the teens, I want to say, or the early twenties, and I know I've done a couple interviews with it. Now, okay, are we talking about full episodes without you, not interviews? It is anything that's IMDb. So anything that has been put out as verbal shenanigans on the podcast counts. Okay, so like if I did the interview, but we still did an episode around it, you yeah. would still be in. It. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I'm gonna go with. 22. Scott, I came in around episode 25, and there were a few episodes that uh, you did without me, whether it was for work, you had the Kira cast, you had uh, the Aaron Is interview with a tribute for Orlando. Mm. The correct answer is 28. Man, I just thought it seemed a little high. Damn it. I needed that point. I needed that mm-hmm. point. Oh, okay. As you were 
chuckling and pointing at me on the first step, you went up and Titan just smacked you right down, buddy. So slapped me right in the face. Yeah. So we're still down at the bottom of the mountain right now, trying to get up that pyramid. All right. All right. Which former podcast guest recently appeared on the Jimmy Fallon show? Was it A, Victor Wooten? Was it B, Ryan Key of Yellow Card? Was it C, John Fratelli of the Fratellis? Or D, Thumposaurus? Hmm. So this is, we're talking about the late show with, uh, with Jimmy, yeah, late with show Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. Fallon. So these are all musicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone just recently was on the Jimmy Fallon show. And give me the four names again. Sure. Um, it is Victor Wooten. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Key of Yellow Card, okay. uh, John Fratelli of the Fratellis, or D. Thumposaurus. I don't watch Late Night, so pretty much... I don't know anyone who does, but... Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty much in a guessing mood, so I'm going to go B. B. Ryan Key of Yellow Card. Good guess. They just released a new album. Um they came out of like retirement after how many years and mm-hmm. we had him on but ironically thumposaurus was the answer um, mm. really funky band a lot of weird gra- and they they have that one song I, I i have recently found it's been on commercials it's i strip myself and do 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 i'm gonna strip my stuff all over to you like it's a real and they were recently on jimmy fallon uh, so Mike, uh, yeah, Malibu came and kicked you right in the nuts, and you are still yeah. at step one. Yeah, ironically, I'm... I was nervous about this question because I thought I sent you a clip of them on Jimmy Fallon, and I was like, but maybe I didn't. Not that I remember. No, either I mean, that I'm... or thankfully you ignored me. Uh, either could be a good answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right either, there. Both yeah. are options. There. Yeah, clearly, right now I am no Elaine Robert. Right now, so. All right, Scott, your second question. Okay. What guest had the longest gap in episode numbers between appearances on the shows? Is it A, Hank Burlew? Is it B, Randy (laughs) Santel? Is it C, Paul Templer? Or is it D, Joe Carney? Joe, I forgot Joe Carney. Woo, this is really hard. This is okay. So Hank, big big wild Hank has been on the show a couple of times. Mm. We've called him in. He did have a very significant gap, but I think we've had him on periodically. So I'm gonna eliminate Big Wild Hank. Okay. Uh-huh. Who was option two? Option two was Randy Santel. I feel like we had him on a couple times periodically. So I'm going to eliminate number two. Okay. And it was number three. Three was Paul Templer. Oh, this this is where I'm struggling. Paul Templer and Joe Carney had huge gaps because Paul Templer had we had on like a year ago or two, maybe not that year and a half or whatever ago. And then we also brought back Joe Carney on when he had his book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know he was really early on, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go Paul Templer. I'll go with 
Paul Tentler. Oh, guy's okay. getting carny, isn't it? Right, let me go through the list. Um, Randy Santel had a 127 episode gap between things. Joe Carney had 287 episodes between the gap. <laughs> wow. Wow. Paul Templer had 300 episodes in his gap. You seem to be cheering, Scott, but you no might have noticed no, I haven't no, said no. a fourth one. No. My pops was 319 episodes different. No way. 319. We didn't have him on like earlier. We had him on, let me him on bring up his IMDb. Hey, luckily, he's the only Henry Burlew in there. I thought we had him on somewhere in there where I ran Scott, he, him. He was, um, he was on episode three, which was season 338, or episode 38. And then he did not appear until episode 443. Hmm. What about your birthday party? Was that 38? It was 50. Wasn't he on that one? It would still mean 307. Uh, I could have sworn we called him somewhere in that time period. God damn it. I really thought it was Joe Carney. He had yeah, no episode time. 30 was win, burn, lose, or draw. That was episode 124. Right, my apology. Episode 124 and then to 443. So. And Joe Carney was how many? 287. God damn it, Joe Carney. God damn it. I I still feel like Hank's been on the show more frequently than Joe Carney. But that was the biggest gap. I'm sorry. I'm going to ask our team to fact check this one. All right. Well, I'm the team, so I just gave the answer. All right, fine. On episode 134, we interviewed one of our favorite guests, Kirby Chambliss. The mm-hmm. Red Red Bull Air Race pilot. On this episode, we discussed my stupidity. You took a pilot quiz, and we talked about a man who was killed by a blank. Is it A, a bird? Is it B, a kite? Is it C, lightning? Or is it D, a World War II plane? Well, I believe that was an Indian person who got killed by the sharp wires of a kite, Scott. And a bit was me giving you random things, which you would you prefer to die from, which you had a chuckle where I asked you, would you prefer the kite or the world's fattest man? So the answer is kite. How the hell do you know that? How do you know that? I remember the bit. You're a piece of garbage. I I can't believe I can't hear you. I'm one step higher than you, Scott. I can't believe I I am. I feel like Hank was on somewhere else, and you need to go back and listen to every episode of the podcast right now because we have (laughs) talked to Hank before. We talked to him three times. I told you the gap. Sorry, my friend. Okay, one to nothing, Burlu, or Or four to one overall. Right now. Yep. 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 All right. Scott, the band Seasons was on the show in episode 368. One of the now and now the one singer takes her boobs out. Got it. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that's as always. Lean to former member of Seasons was Christina Love, who you may have heard on Barstool podcast or her OnlyFans page. Scott, simple question: What season was Christina Love? 
Was she spring, summer, autumn, or fall? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Now I'm trying to like picture her face, like what? And I don't. Then, know which was, which is hard because you look at boobs, but still. Which season does she represent to me? I guess I'll go winter. I think she was winter. Scott, apparently boob season is spring. What? She was spring. I can I know that because I was on the website, which they don't update because they still don't have the two new members that <laughs> replace the two ones that left the I don't know. They've been dancing lately with, with <clears throat> two other people, but They've been doing a lot of dancing and stuff, but they don't do a lot when it comes to their website, Scott. Are you sure she was not winter? She was not winter, Scott. This is this is also also up for high debate right now. But uh, all right, all right, over three, I guess. All right. Name the three members of Jackass that we've had on the show. Ah, oof, I'm terrible at names, so this is going to be hard. Don't look Three at your computer. I'm not. I'm sending you the <laughs> link so you can confirm that she was spring, <laughs> you lying SOB. Don't um, I need three members of Jackass that were on the show. Jackass. Um, you know the show. Rob himself. What was his name? Is it Rob? Okay. Yep. Rob, Rob himself. Rab himself. Yep. Rab himself. I think you said Bob himself. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a great name. But <laughs> Bob himself. Welcome to Jackass. Yeah. <laughs> Not a bad name. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, it's the top of my head. I. I'm not going to get the other one, so I'm not even going to waste time on this one. All right, we had Brandon Novak. Brandon mm. Novak. And then the the trick one here was we had uh, Zach Holmes, who goes by the name of Zachass, who was in Jackass 4. Mm. And I believe that might have been an interview you weren't part of, if I remember correctly. It's a possibility. Many, many, many years ago. So. Mm-mm. Sorry, buddy. You're still on step one, but you're still well yep. ahead of me. So, yep. Uh, Scott AJ Mattioli has yep. been on the most episodes outside the two of us. With some solo episodes, we also had AJ on the same show as other interviews. Which one of these guests was not on an episode along with AJ? Is it John Schneider? Is it Jim Paplinski? Is it Mo Vaughn? Or is it Adrian Hayes? <laughs> One, I'm loving the dynamic of us having AJ Mattioli and Mo Vaughn on the same mm-hmm. the same show. Um, oh god! Did we really bring Mattioli on with Mo Vaughn? Or Adrian Hayes, a world explorer. I feel like we might have done that because I think that was episode 100. Uh, 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 
I, I'm just gonna go with my gut. Mo Vaughn. Would we, would we have her him on with Mo Vaughn? AJ Mattioli was on a podcast with Adrian Hayes. Okay, that makes sense. Hey, we probably vote him for one hundred. Dukes of Hazards, John Schneider. <laughs> of course, why not? We yeah. And NHL hockey star Jim Poplinski, but Mo Vaughn was a solo episode. Scott, welcome to step one. Woo! <laughs> you can't touch a flame when it's, when it's red, red hot. hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is pretty inside baseball here for people, but all right, here we go. Here we go. Um, all right, I got a point. That's cool. Um, outside of gimmick episodes like Christmas or Halloween, when was the last time we had an episode without a guest? Okay. So outside of anything that we did, like um, just us, like on a Halloween or Christmas episode, Yeah. when was the last episode without a guest? Was it episode 303, episode 128, episode 175, or episode 89? Give me those three again. 303, 128, 175, or 89. Last time we had no guest. Now keep in mind we are episode 460. We're 460 episodes into this dumb garbage. Yeah. (sighs) I'm leaning towards the 120 something. You said 128? 128, 128. Uh, 303, 175, or 89. I leaned towards that, but I could have sworn later on we couldn't find a guest, and we just said for the hell of it, let's just do one solo, just the two of us, kind of like old time's sake. Right. So I'm between 303 and 128. 303, 128, 175. Andrew rebooting. Yeah. Hello? Hello, hello, hello? I can hear you now. Okay. I don't know why that's going on. All right. So once again, you are between 303, 128, 175, or 89. This is the sound of Mike thinking. I am going to go with 303. 303. Um, Mike, you would be correct in not picking number 89. Mm-hmm. Not picking 175. But you should have picked 128, which was fear of small holes, um, where I talked about my fear of a lot of weird mm-hmm. uh together. If I did my research correctly, 128 was the last episode with no guess other than Christmas episodes where we did a game. So yep, I'll take your word for it. Like I said, I could have sworn we'd done one, but 
Maybe it ended up being like a Thanksgiving or Christmas one. Yeah, so unless I missed it, and if you fact check that, I will give you the point, or I will negate. I'll give you a different question. Yep. All right. Okay. Scott, mm-hmm. we've had a lot of guests on this show. You don't say. Yeah. Um, at times we've struggled to get women on the show. To be honest, but we do bring on female guests. But you know, it's a real rarity. Having more than one female guest on the show. So my question to you, Scott, is how many episodes have we had more than one female <laughs> guest on the show? Is it three, four, five, or six? Oh, man. I, I thought for a second you were going to say what um, what pair of people we had on the show. Because um, I could think of one. And now I'm like, oh, crap. The two more than two females on the show, three, four, five, or six. All right. I'm going to go with four. I'm going to go with four? Okay. Damn it. I uh, already know that's the wrong answer. Episode 91, the old two damaged LARP cast. We had two female LARPers oh, I on the episode. Multi- yeah. Okay. That was the only one. I I did check Kilt Fest. I did check Beer Big Beer Fest. Yeah, I forgot about we those kind of episodes. Yeah. Yep. Episode two hundred two. We had Katra Corbett and Carrie Kimmel. Okay, that's two. Episode two twenty three. We had Hedvig Molsted and Pat Ka- Cambesis. Because they oh, naturally go together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cave dweller. Yeah, yes, yes, and a rock and roller. Yep. Right. And I already know there's a there is a fourth, but I'm wondering if there's a fifth and sixth. Okay. Episode two ninety five, the Buckleys. Two of them were fem- Two of the family members were females, and uh, Scott is acting as if he already knows what's I coming know. up. I already know. I mean, already we could say episode three sixty eight because it was a former question seasons. Yep. And finally, yep. Episode four fourteen, Doctor Nicole Beach and Crystal Khalil. The Diamond Sisters, Scott, we had six episodes with more than one woman. Yeah, that's because we're so ahead of our time. Yeah, that's why. we're free-thinking free forward guys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. All right. I didn't even think about those. Uh, yeah, all right, okay. All right, so what are we on? Question six? I got two more questions left for you. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. Other than... The episode SS Humiliation, which has our most downloaded episodes. Okay. Hashtag cocaine. Which of the following has the highest downloads in our history? Okay. I'm going to give you four episodes. Which which one has the most? Okay. Is it our first interview with Jonathan Antoine? Mm-hmm. Is it NASCAST with Trevor Bain? Okay. Is it Dirt Miller? Is it Dirt Miller, who was a... Uh, a musical artist mm-hmm. or is it james kraus ufc fighter james kraus who i think is in jail now or is going to jail mm. outside of ss humiliation out of those four which one has the most downloads in history and we're going by what's on podbean i'm assuming correct downloads yep i get Antoine, Antoine, Trevor Bain, Dirt Miller, or James Krause? I mean, you're going to blow my mind if this ain't the answer, but I'm going with Antoine. 
Jonathan Antoine, probably our most reviewed episode. So we've had him on three times. Three times. Three times. Um, James Krause, very, very high up there on the episodes. Um, actually, uh, fifth all time, most downloaded episodes. Mm. Um, Dirt Miller, sixth all time downloaded okay. episodes. Okay. However, in third place, overall, most downloaded episodes, NASCast with Trevor Bain. Uh, Jonathan Antoine, not in our top six. Not what? in our top six. Yep. Number two is actually the cinema snob. The cinema snob would have been number two. So the most downloaded episode in the cast uh, in that question was Trevor Bain. How we get all these reactions? Mm-hmm. These were the old Wild West days of Twitter where you throw something mm-hmm. out and it got a million mm-hmm. uh, likes and listens and everything else on this. Um, our Trevor Bain podcast was number three all time. Wow, I'm, he blew my mind right there. All right, Scott. I need, a, former, point. I need a point here. I need a point. This former guest also was known as Christopher Davis, but on the podcast, they went by what, Scott? Was it No Shame? Was it Cecil Ince? Was it Clean Rock One? Or was it Captain Bayonne? Jesus Christ. Christopher Davis? That could be anyone. All right, give me the list again. No Shame, Cecil Ince, Clean Rock One, Captain Bayonne. I don't think it's Captain Bayonne because I think I think the guy I think we're actually friends on Facebook under his real name and I can't remember what it is. But Christopher Davis doesn't sound familiar, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna get rid of uh, Captain Bayonne. Okay. I think I think you're trying to trick me here a little bit. I think it's no shame. I think it's no shame because um, they were transgender. I don't know if uh, she still goes by Christopher Davis. I'm not sure. But I'm just going with no shame. I'm going with my gut here. In 2002, he unsuccessfully ran for a Missouri legislator representing the 137th district under the name Christopher Davis. That is President's Day's Episode Cecil Ince. <laughs> oh yeah, that God. that guy. Um, Jesus Christ! Cecil we probably Ince. don't want to vote for him. You asked me a Cecil Ince question, you son of a bitch. I gave you four options. You chose <laughs> not to go the Cecil Ince way. Uh, God. Okay, okay. <laughs> I hate you. I really <laughs> despise you. That you went that deep. Okay. All right. This is my last question, which is worth two points. Okay. All right. Um, In the United States, over the last two years, New Jersey has not been the home to the most downloaded episodes of the show. Okay. Um, Where all the years prior, it was. Four states rank above it. Which state is not one of them? Okay. Um, Is it Montana? Is it Wyoming? Is it Oregon? Or is it Virginia? Montana, Wyoming, Oregon, or Virginia? And I know you're already like, those states are above New Jersey, but yes, somehow 
in our statistics, those states are listening more. Three of the four are yeah, are listening more than New Jersey. I am going to guess Montana. Montana. Okay. Mike, believe it or not, Montana was number one. On what? The list. Yep. Um, now, I don't know if that was one episode that just blew that out of the water where people from Montana or Bangladesh Billy blasted to Montana and got our mm-hmm. episodes out there. But Montana was number one. Number two, uh, number two was Wyoming. Number three was Oregon. And believe it or not, Virginia, no love for the shenanigans over here in Virginia, mm. um, which you make sense there. It's kind of halfway between us, right? Virginia, New Jersey. Yep. Um, no love. They're, they are not on the top four list. I'm sorry, Mike. Um, you you gained a, you gained like a point, point here. Nope. Um, I can get one step closer into the last event next week. Okay. What is no, the most? I could tie. I could tie. Yeah, we'll it. be tied up. Actually, right. yeah. What is the most popular name that has been on the show? As what I mean is, from the list of names on IMDb, what first name has been on the show the most? Oh my god! Okay, is, is it Mike slash Michael? Is it John slash Jonathan slash John? Mike. Mike can't count as you. Right? Anybody on there? No, but Michael Burlow can't be the number one. Yeah, I am saying on IMDb, the name. If it shows up there, it be Scott or Michael, if that's the answer. Mike or Michael, John, Jonathan, or, and Johnny, Dave slash David, Scott. <laughs> it's unbelievable that me or you wouldn't be the most popular name that shows up. Well, again, this is the list of everybody who's listed as quote-unquote cast on IMDb. This is not like counting how many episodes you are on versus me and guests. I am saying literally taking every individual name who has ever been on the show, what has been the most popular first name? I'm going to go with David. I feel like we've interviewed a bunch of Davids. Um, Michael and Scott, I feel like would be too obvious. I got to go with David. Okay. Scott? Scott is the lowest. Whoa. Is that we've only had nine Scots on the show. John, Jonathan's, or Johnny's, we've had 19 on the show. Dave, <laughs> yeah. Dave or David's, we've had 14. But Scott, Mike slash Michael, 20 appearances on the Verbal Shenanigans podcast. Why have we had so many Michaels on the show? Uh, Michael Bell, Michael Benz, <laughs> Michael Bishop, <laughs> Michael Burlew, Michael Glenn, Michael Lepresti, he was Lighthouse in The Whaler, Mike Reynolds, Garbage Warrior, Michael Smythe, Victims of Circumstance, Mike Berry, Underwater Crime Investigator, Mike Camacho, Mike Corey, Mike D'Amico, he was Teddy Goldsville. Mike Edison, Mike Holstein, Green Bank Observatory. Mike Morin, Big Brewfest. Mike Orlando, UPWA. Mike Sicoli, Mike Stern, Pixar. Mixmaster Mike and Monster Michael Todd. 
Oh, that's the one name I've been trying to get rid of for all these years, and yet you we multiply with that question. So, well, I got my two-point lead. Not many points gained in this this contest. Um, so next week I bring I think that brings us to eliminator where there's going to be more valuable questions, and we will get to that. Um, I am down four two. I'm feeling okay because you didn't take a commanding lead or anything. So we're, I'm kind of. I called my lead. Yeah. I and did what next, I have to do. Next week will be questions that will build. So there will be more opportunity. But let's get to our guest today. Um, he was my favorite American gladiator. I had his action figure. Um, he once was an NFL player. Um, and he gives a goddamn fantastic interview. So. Um, we are bringing on Laser on the show. Laser on the show in our second little um, uh, expose of American Gladiators. So um, if you've seen Muscles and Mayhem, he was a big part of the documentary. Um, fantastic story and very interesting guy. So without further ado, let's get Jim Starr on the line. Scott? Jim, how are you? Good. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Jim, that's Mike. That's that's my co-host here. Thank you so much for giving us some time here. You bet. Hey, Mike. How are you, buddy? Doing well, sir. Doing well. Great, great. Where you, where's uh, where's home for you boys? So Mike's Mike he he left me in New Jersey, and he's now in uh-huh. Georgia, and I'm I'm still in North Jersey. So. You're in North Jersey. All righty. So how about you? I I know you you were in Cali, but you said <laughs> mountain mountain time yeah, you are. I'll, I'm on all over. I'm all over the place. Right? I don't know. My wife and I. We don't know where we are today. Well, right now we're in uh, Denver. I moved here for a startup company that I was with for about two years, and they were trying to raise Series A funding at about twenty-five million, and they just they couldn't get over the hump. And so they March to June of this year, we kept working and didn't get paid. And then finally, they just Jeez. said, yeah. "Yeah, terrible time time to go." But I just landed an awesome job. So really happy about that it, it's amazing uh from march till shoot probably end of october november i must have put in over 200 resumes and i didn't even get one inquiry interest mm. it just was like oh my god you know you start to worry yeah, you know he, i mean you're i'm 61 not, years 61 years old i think they see you know they can kind of figure out how old you are when they start putting all your timelines together on your job <laughs> resume right so they're like oh this guy's old he's ancient so, well, that, that is an amazing question actually that i i would <laughs> I, I didn't even think of asking when with your resume like <laughs> your resume has to be so interesting to see on paper it's like well, i'm applying for this job and uh like where do you list like the american glad like oh yeah <laughs> i was what- I was gladiator for a while. They're probably like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And I don't even, you know, 25 years I've been in product development for nutritional products. So, you know, on the resume, I'll put, I don't even know if I have it on there. I, I put, uh, I played in the NFL, so I put that, but you know, I don't try to, people want to look me up and find it out and great, but I don't try to announce it by any means. So I don't know. You have under references Saber. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. 
Yeah, because you know how, like, Indeed and stuff, they have these algorithms that pick up certain oh, yeah. words. I'm sure, like, you're, <laughs> you, you throw former American Gladiator in there. <laughs> yeah. They have no clue what to do with that information. I know. They're like, yeah. what do we do? We better yeah. stop it right now. <laughs> yeah, it's all about algorithms, you know. AI now, you got you to gotta outsmart the system. That's for yeah. sure, because nobody mm. looks at your resume. Yeah. Well, Jim, first off, thank you for 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 spending a few minutes with us here. We really appreciate sure. it. Um, I mean, you, you say you're 61. I don't really believe you. You look like oh, yeah. you could still line up. You know, I don't know. You, you I... still look like you can line up either <laughs> on the line or or in the gauntlet or something like that. You still look fantastic, man. Uh, well, thanks. I I try, and it's been tough because yeah, I've really been nursing some really bad injuries that. I just don't want to get taken care of. I, I got another shoulder injury and I've had 11 to 12 shoulder operations and I'm just, I'm over it, but I can't, this left shoulder is so bad now. And God, I'm in just 24 hour pain, man. I just, I, Ugh. I think I'm going to have mm. to do finding something with it, but I, and then I got a bad back and Oh my God. And I got arthritis in my thumbs and yeah, it's pretty bad every day. I just wake up. I'm, I'm miserable, but, you know, I just try to keep pushing forward. That's all you can do, you know. Now, do you so, attribute those injuries to A, football, being an athlete, B, American Gladiators, or or, or C, just training the way you've trained your whole life, or just I, is it a combination of all of them? Yeah, that's a good question, Scott. I, I would say it's a combination, but I, I, I'd probably put about 75% of it on American Gladiators. Wow. Uh, wow. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I got I got so injured on that show in those seven, eight years. You know, I look at football. You know, I broke, you know, I always broke my hand. I, you know, I was inside linebacker, so I, I always used my hands a lot. So I broke my the my hands a lot. It broke a an ankle, but you know, I never, I never had surgeries, you know, until the gladiators came around and it just kicked my ass, man. I mean, I'm telling you, it was, I finally, the last year when we were doing a, um, we had that, um, down in Orlando, we had a live dinner theater show, right, goofy right, as right. hell. <laughs> Jesus, that was goofy. I hated it. And yeah, like my buddy times meets American it, Gladiator. Yeah, man. it was just you're going you're going against the same contenders every night, you know. And it's like me going up against you guys, and I get to know you, and you're my buddies. Like, how do like do I really want to like tear your head off? Right? Yeah. I mean, so I was if, out. If you knew Mike, you would want. to Yeah, I, I gotta be honest. Yeah. I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, I, that kind of guy. But I was out with Reggie Beagler, who became Tank. Him and I are still great friends today, and yeah. and after the show, we all went out partying. And I met him at, and we we were in a parking lot, and it was three levels, and I parked on the second level, and he was on the first level. I didn't want to walk all the way around to get to him, so I jumped over the the oh, second God. story oh, in, onto the first story, and I had cowboy boots on, and I <laughs> clipped my heel on that parking the parking structure where cars park uh -huh. and i i twisted i i got to tell you my ankle blew up the size of a balloon i could barely get my boot off and that was it i they i went home back to california and i finally that was my time i i finally just said you know i i'm just done i and i never returned i was done i i i and i cannot i kind of understand where athletes maybe in their prime and we as onlookers say how can they how can they retire like really 
Yeah. Man, I was mm-hmm. done. I was so done being injured and rehabbing and hurt. And I was a miserable mess, man. I was just over it. Just done. It, it's interesting as you're saying that. I don't know if you caught the uh, the Barry Sanders uh, yes. documentary so, on Prost. So good. Wasn't it, was it great. good? It was, was great. great. It was great. But, like, you know, that was the eternal question among football fans. Like, why the hell did Barry retire? That's and right. Like, I, I just imagine, like, you know, guys like you and, and people in that era who there was no care for – like, he might have been the smart, the smartest head in the room to, like, yeah. get out with his body and mind That's intact. You Look know? at Andrew Luck. Same thing. You yeah. know, everybody's like, how could you? And it's like, could, it's good, out of my good, system. Good point. My, I mean, really, it's like, how could you? But maybe they're smarter than we think they are because, boy, that Barry Sanders, that, that, that guy, man, you talk about humble. Wow. Mm. He didn't care about accolades, trophies, love Heisman. It. Yeah, I, mean, I loved nothing. it. It was like his dad yeah. was more of the the mouthpiece than he was for his own career. <laughs> yeah. it, his crazy. dad wanted it all, but yeah. boy, mm. Barry was just just a different character. I I don't think I've ever come across someone like that. Uh, you know, not knowing him personally, but just seeing the documentary, I don't think I've ever known anyone to be like him. You know, I mean, that was, it was pretty cool, actually. Really I, cool. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Push a little further on your football career. Now, you came back as a replacement player in that strike yeah, season. I'm kind of curious. Like, I, I've seen all, like, the old footage of it. Like, was it as scary as it looks, like, going to practice with, yeah. like, the players, like, banging on the bus and everything? It, it was. You know, and. And I'm going to back up a little bit what you said there, Mike, is, you know, when when the NFL is the NFL, you know, all these guys that went to the strike league, right, and played those few games, all these guys either tried out for the NFL, you, you are just another number. You are that close to making the NFL. Mm-hmm. All these guys that were, you know, they, they either came from the CFL over in Europe, um, arena football, um, you know, the USFL. Right. All these guys were superb athletes. You know, I want to point that out. It wasn't just a bunch of scumbags. But, you know, to your point, I, I still recall, and I was good friends with Dan Clark. We He became Nitro. He was right. playing with the Rams. Yep. And we would be on those buses. And those those guys, I mean, we were in L.A. Uh, at Anaheim. And, man, it was frightening to see those players uh, picketing, you know, and didn't want our bus to get through. And, man, they, I mean, they were just pissed. And to me, it's like, why get pissed? You, you guys, you guys decided to strike, not us. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they they still needed to raise money for the season and and play games, and you know, giving other guys like me a shot. You know, it doesn't mean that we were bad individuals or bad athletes. Um, you know, I mean, I was drafted by the USFL. I, I was expected to get drafted in the NFL, and unfortunately, you know, I hurt my ankle and missed four games my senior year and and our team only went one and ten my senior year at in montana state so i didn't get the notoriety that i should have so you know i mean it is what it is right so now now like we know you uh, as laser or people know you from the you know playing football and 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 being a bodybuilder and being a nutrition element but what was your background like as a kid were you just a straight up like sports all the time kind of kid or or did, did <laughs> yeah. that find you later in life did you just have natural si- like 
like give us a little insight into your athletic background. Yeah, that's a great question, Scott. A good question. No one's ever asked me that. I, you know, my 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 family. My dad was a hell of an athlete. Uh, well, my granddad, my dad's dad, was a national handball champion. He, his oh, wow. size yeah. of it, his yeah. hands. And swear to God, you go back to Great Falls, Montana, where I was born and raised, and he was born and raised. You talk to anybody that knew Nick Califat, he had the biggest freaking hand, and they were just gnarly. I mean, big, (laughs) fat fingers. And I still remember as a young kid, all of us, his grandchildren, he would, we would say, Grandpa, put your hand in the fire. He would actually take a log, (laughs) put it on the fire, and he would have his hand in the fire. His he had calluses. He was a carpenter. Yeah. And and it was just crazy. But just my, that description alone, like, is how I picture the greatest handball oh. player. Like a, a guy from Montana yeah. who puts his hand in the fire, who had yes. the biggest mitts known to man. Like oh that's God. the perfect story right there. Yeah. yeah. And everybody taught everybody that still know, you know, knew Nick Califat would say, My God, he had the biggest hands. And I mean, I was in awe of it. And I was just a little kid, but you know, my dad went to Washington State for the Huskies, and he played. Uh, he was a boxer and played football. And unfortunately, my dad, who was one hell of an athlete, got in a barroom brawl. And remember, okay. this is back in the 50s. Mm. And people fighting back then, that was normal, right? So yeah. he got in a fight, at a, and he was a sophomore, I think. He was, um, he was playing uh, tight end, starting. And he was also on the boxing team at Washington State, and he got in a fight at a bar and beat a guy pretty bad, and they kicked him out of college, which back then you didn't hear of, right? So yeah. mm-hmm. anyhow, so my background, I think just as a family of being good athletes, my ne- dad never pushed me to be an athlete. I just, it was something about, uh, I, I did every sport, obviously, wrestling, basketball, uh, track, everything. I don't think I was out an, an outstanding athlete, but my dream as a young boy, I, I, I just, I think I was fourth, fifth grade and I, I didn't know how to get there. All I knew is I wanted to be a professional football player and that's all I cared about. And as you know, I went to junior high and pretty good high school, the best. And, and then, you know, I went to Montana state and became a standout linebacker and, um, the, the drive, and this comes from my dad, my, and, and I, I said this on the Netflix documentary, I always wanted to get my dad's attention. Right. You know, he, he right, wasn't right, a loving yeah. guy. He didn't put his arm mm-hmm. around me. I just wanted him to say, damn, I'm proud of you, son. And I, and I, I, I remember he was, he was in construction too. And I always cleaned his trucks and I just wanted him to say, good job. And I think I, I excelled just to to the point of him wanting for just to have him say good job son good job. Yeah. and i never yeah. got it right yep. i never got it and i just in that freaking drive i had was just just kill it like that killer instinct kept driving me and that burning desire to have that have my dad pay attention to me and i never got it right so i yeah. think that's yeah. that's what started it really mm. and when you got on american gladiators uh I remember you came in later in season one, but I also recall yeah. when they first started, it was 
they almost wanted the gladiators to be wrestling types where like you know malibu's <laughs> like i'm the surfer this and that did they yeah. have a laser backstory for you or did you come in past <laughs> I, when they're like stop doing that yeah. good, good point it, you know they when they first started that season one because i came in the second half of season one because they got rid of malibu because he wasn't and I, I'll be honest, he just wasn't a tough guy. He wasn't mm-hmm. he wasn't physically tough, right? right? I mean, he, he great physique and good athlete, but he just he couldn't take a hit, you know. He just I mean he got hit in the cannonball and he was done. Like, oh, I'm done. So but um <laughs> yeah. in the beginning, they they it, they wanted to be Hollywood, right? Hey, I'm I'm Malibu with long hair, and I came in. I'm not, I'm not a showboat, man. It's all business, man. I put my head down, the whistle blows. I, man, I'm balls to the walls. And and if you watch the first couple seasons, they kind of wanted us to ham it up to the camera. Finally, after I think season three or four, the producers came to all of us and said, you know what? We're going to have a change. We're, we just want you to be who you are. Be just, be Jim Starr. Be, just be laser, whoever you think laser is. Right. And if you watch some of the interviews from season four on, they, they were this the interviews from the gladiators became better and better because we were just who we were. We we didn't have to act like I'm laser, I'm a laser beam, or you know, it was <laughs> yeah, so yeah, goofy, yeah. It was so yeah. goofy shit, right? I mean, that's just not me. So yeah, that's a good point, Michael. It's just uh yeah, I, I finally was able to be who I was. And I felt comfortable finally in front of the camera because as soon as the event was over, I'd get nervous because I knew they were going to come interview. And I, I was like, what can I say? Like, I, I, I didn't have that real intellectual, real quick comeback with a comeback. Like, that's yeah. like Hawk did. Yeah. He was really good at that. But yeah, just not me. I was more serious. So, well, you, you conjured something up interesting to me because, um, before this we last week we we had Lori on um and we're going to release you guys all kind of as separate episodes but together um and she had mentioned something and also the documentary had said like you know at at one point you know the gladiator show ended um and they were saying it was about the show and not you guys right it wasn't about person Mm -hmm. but then like it's funny because to you know on the on the the paradigm on the other side is that you said the early seasons they wanted you to ham it up and be big personalities. Yeah. So, so first they're telling you it's about you, and then at the end they're telling you, yeah, it's not really about you. That's right. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's just it's interesting Irony. to hear the whole it's a, it's the, a, the whole story go through. But I'm curious your on your point of view on on that factor was that how you felt too? Like you guys were kind of squeezed out and. You know, you were the reason the show was successful. Do you yeah. do you have a, that feeling still towards that? Yeah, interesting dichotomy there because it is. It's, um, you know, we never, <laughs> we never felt like we were the stars of the show. They they didn't want us to to take that role on, right? And they certainly mm-hmm. exposed it by having to sign a. A, a contract year by year and paying us i hate to say it on, on camera but shitty money i mean it was a shit salary for uh-huh. what we were going through um we made more money in the off season signing autographs than we did the three weeks of bust on our ass mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh yeah they just never they never made us feel like we were the show 
you know, people, you know, and, and it, I, I would have to say, I, I'd be honest. I mean, I don't think we were the show. We were a big part of the show that sure. the, the contenders were massive without great contenders. What do you have? Right. So right. there, there's, there's a percentage of people that tuned in because of the gladiators percentage tuned in because of the contenders and then the cool games. Right. So, sure. you know, I mean, but in the, in hindsight, 2020, if, if they would have taken care of us a little bit better uh, financially, making us feel like we were uh, like anything, like a professional football player. Right. If you're if you're yeah. a starter, they treat you like a starter. Like you're a, you're an, you're a you're an economical asset to that team, where they just didn't make us feel that way, and it's really unfortunate. And we all still feel that way because Johnny yeah. Ferraro, the founder. Yep. Mm-hmm. talk to johnny ferraro this show is about him and that's exactly yep. why we didn't do his espn documentary yep. it's not about you johnny yeah you're people want to know your story but people that don't only go so far yeah that only exactly. goes so far yep. yeah tell your story because most people don't know your story hell i didn't know half the story of until the espn documentary came around but yeah, it, it is not about you, Johnny. It's not. <laughs> it, it it's interesting because like even today, like football, the NFL remains like, you know, one of the most brutal sports. But the the contracts aren't guaranteed. You know, like it, yeah. Whereas like baseball, these guys will sit on the shelf for three years with surgery and get paid yeah. the full extent of that. I'm I, like, what do you think that is? Like, you guys are the most physical athletes maybe in the world you know like you got sports like rugby and and football and yeah what what is that you do you think that is planned through um like the heads of it like okay we got to figure out a way not to be able to pay them because it's so injury prone or is that just like the way the culture has figured it out and like now we're kind of stuck with those <laughs> that that deal that's Ooh. in place you know i think you're right i think they that's a tough one to answer too um i also just thought of that now so yeah it it just it's really a good point you know i think they thought they had something so special in the name and the and and the events that they could round up these bodybuilder type you know good looking athletes all over the world and they found out it just wasn't true i mean they, you know how many gladiators tried out for that show to try to take our position, and they weren't very. They I'm they sure. look good, but they're yeah, not very good at Because I I know kids yeah. that I went to college and high school with that are bodybuilders now, and they were the least athletic guys ever. They That's killed right. at the oh, gym. Yeah. Don't oh, don't get me it. wrong. They put in the work. They do the diet, but they never played a a sport in their life. You know what I mean? That's just, right. So it is it it is very rare to find someone like you. You know. What well, I mean? it, like, it's. It's tough. I mean, you know, I mean, when I tried out for the show, my entire from uh, time I was at the end of my freshman year, I was 228 pounds all the way up till six months before the gladiators. And I here's what I did. I I went uh, I, I had an agent and he really wanted me to get into modeling. So I was 227, 226 pounds in 1989. And he asked me, hey, if you really want to get a lot of work in Hollywood. We need you down to about 205, 200. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. I went, I actually went back to Montana for the entire summer. I was there end of May, June, July, and part of August. It was about four months. 
And I did an hour and a half of cardio in the morning. I went to the gym after, after I ate, went to the gym, went back in the afternoon, did another hour and a half of cardio. Cut, and I cut, lost cut, yeah. in those four and a half months. I got down I, when I tried out for the gladiators, I was 203 pounds. Wow. And I yeah, lost yeah, yeah. all muscle because I was, I was right around five and a half, six percent, even at, at 230. Jesus, and so yeah, I lost yeah, all man. this muscle mass because I was just training and not eating because they wanted me down. So when I tried out for the gladiators, I was 203 pounds and I was going up against guys that were 260, 280, and mm. I was kicking their ass in the, in the conquer ring. And, and I think that's, I think I had a, the eyes open from the producers and directors like, this guy's 205 pounds and he's kicking and, these and guys' you had asses. To be, you had to be depleted strength-wise. Oh, like, yeah. You had to feel oh, yeah. quarter yourself. And I felt, like a, yeah. I felt mm. like a tiny little wimp. You know, I was 230 for, geez, how many years? Uh, eight, nine, ten years. And then all of a sudden I'm 200 pounds as much as I weighed when I graduated high school. So, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty tough, you know. So Yeah. Mm. The through the years of gladiators, when it changed out the uh, the gladiators, did you have to try to build a camaraderie in certain events when you got the newbies in, or is it since there's so many individual ones, is it more like just without camaraderie, like what it was? Yeah, just you know, there there was a lot of camaraderie. I mean, we there was trust me, there was competition because every one of us wanted to be the best at the best at every game. I mean, I certainly did. You know, and people ask me, who do you think the best gladiator was as far as a true athlete? I, I'd probably have to say I was right there, and I'm not toot my own horn, but um, huh. I would say Turbo was one hell of an athlete, man. This guy, uh, college sports, he was just mentally, and you talk about a true athlete, Galen Tomlinson, Turbo. He was he was the man. I mean, he was a stud. Wow, what a, what a, what an athlete he was. Yeah. Was there a time you were, you, you know, you lined up against a, a contestant that you were like, oh boy, <laughs> like, all right, I'm big, I'm strong, I'm furious, and I'm, I'm amazing, but this guy, I'm gonna have a hard yeah. time with this guy. Or was, or was there always a feeling of advantage on your side? Um, I've, <laughs> I've always felt this is weird. I just told my wife this last week. Uh, to, a, a couple of weeks ago, my my nephew played for University of Davidson, um, and uh, in, he was inside linebacker. He played his last game, and when I was on the field with him, and and this is kind of weird that I'm saying this, but when I played football, I felt like I was just as big, right? As everyone, I don't know why. Mm, I I just felt in, like yeah. I was just as big as everybody else, yeah. and so. I've always felt that way. I don't know if it's the it's the adrenaline, the competition, but no one's ever intimidated me ever. I've never been like, oh my god, this guy. Well, let me introduce you to my co-host, Mike. He, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just have never got intimidated. You know, yeah. I've been in enough street fights and everything else, and I don't know. I just, uh, I, I should tell you a funny story. I was just, I shouldn't tell you that. <laughs> should oh, I tell you, you a funny story? Yeah, go yeah. for it. Yeah, let's do it. No, so don't, Mon- don't tell us the great story that you have in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I'm in Great Falls, Montana, right? So my, unfortunately, my mom's going through some cancer and chemo. And so I stayed there with her all summer long. My wife here is so cool. I was there July all the way to almost end of November. Uh, and 
I'm at the gym and I, I guess I have a reputation and, you know, I used to get a shitload of street fights and have the reputation being pretty tough, you know, but I'm a little older now. So I'm at the gym nine 30 in the morning and there's no one in the gym except for me and this other guy. There's a few there. So he's doing this low, the low back rows. Right. And so I go over and I grab this other piece of equipment to do some tricep pull push downs. And he comes up to me and says, Hey bro, that's my machine. I said, Hey bro, <laughs> you know, I don't even talk like that. I said, Hey bro, no, it's not. You're working over there and that's not how it works. He goes, who the fuck are you? I says, who are, I said, who the fuck are you? He goes, he goes, let me tell you. He says, you don't fucking take two pieces of equipment. I said, yes, you do. I said, you, you can't work out on two pieces of equipment. And if you do, you, the next guy that comes in, you need to ask that person if you can work in. That's how it works. Right. He goes, how long yeah. have you been training? I said, yeah. shit, I was trained before you were born for 20 years. I said, I, I said, I don't know, 45 years. He, he stood there. He goes, can I say this on? Go for it. He says, fuck you, you pussy. I said, what'd you just say? No he way. goes, let's go outside. He, uh, he backed uh, off God. about five feet, right? And thank God he did because he wasn't in that five-foot rule. You know, yeah. when, mm -hmm. a little space, face, a little space. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because that space, you get scared, space right? To think. Yeah, space yeah, mm -hmm. you, you yep. start to yep. think like, oh, my God, he's going to hit me. I better, better get ready. So he said, let's take it outside. I said, I don't need to take it outside to kick your ass. He, and he called me a pussy again. I And I finally just was like, so here's the first thing that comes into my mind. It's all red. Never in my entire life have I thought, like, what, what could happen? It's always been an immediate reaction. So the job that I just, ha I have now, I was in an interview process and they told me, and I had five interviews and I was in my second interview and they said, if I get selected, I'd have to do a background check. So I'm, I'm ready to go to town on this guy. And I'm thinking, nope, I better not. I have an interview. <laughs> yeah. I've been out of a job. Yeah. Second thing, I thought of my wife. She'd be upset with me. Yeah. And the third thing, I thought, what am I doing? My left shoulder, I can't even lift the damn thing. And I, I'm going to tune this guy up. All those things came into my mind. And I've never thought like that, ever. It's always been. That's, that's some know, yeah. shit right there. Yeah. That's right. Yep. And yep. I walked away. And he's still mouthing off. Uh, and I just was like, uh, oh, my God. So the manager saw it. I went talk to her. She knew uh, I was good friends with her father-in-law. So anyhow, everything was cool. But so then three weeks later, I got inducted to the high school Hall of Fame. And I was in the gym again at 930 in the morning, about a month later. And here he is in the gym again. And I'm talking to one of the guys that got inducted. And I hadn't seen him in 25 years and I'm talking to him and here comes this kid. He's probably 22, 23. So me being the bigger man, as we yeah. all know, as guys, if yeah. you, if you nod your head, that means, Hey, it's cool, man. Let's, let's just give it a, yeah, that's all right. Let's, so I gave him a nod like, Hey, it's all right. He stared me down about 20 yards in the gym and just kept staring. I was like, are you kidding me? Still going for it. Kidding mm, yeah. me? Yep. And I had, I took everything I had, not to come unglued and i'll be honest with you i haven't it's it when that happened in october or whatever i can't get it off my mind because i'm like <laughs> i can't get it off my Dude, mind I get, I get that man yeah mm. 
do, I, now, sorry, do you think, do you think by by any chance that he knew who you were and was trying to get no. like a react? Okay. No, I think he. There uh, are there are oh, in person trolls out there to try. Oh, to there get, always are. Let, let's get that was, camera view. Let's get that TikTok. <laughs> you know, laser kicks guys' ass and doom. You know, like, yeah. I think I think it's two things. He he one of those up and coming UFC guys that think. Uh, but yeah. my thinking uh, is he wasn't. Because these guys that are UFC, you don't have to act tough, right? You are tough. Do we yeah. have a bunch of UFC fighters on here? They're usually the most they're calm, most level they know they are, easy mature, going. don't want don't, any issues. Hey, any any guy that I know that's tough, they don't have to act tough. They yeah. already are tough. Mm. Yeah. So he either thought he was UFC and could kick my ass, or he's never had his ass kicked and was thinking hey i'm big because i'm i'm pumping iron i'm on a little roids because you can it, tell it was, it was it was probably mm. the latter yeah it was probably yeah, i think yeah. it was the latter and so it's just it's like whatever man uh, pumping weights don't make you tough buddy <laughs> yeah you should just yell at him i bit laser in the cheek once don't try <laughs> yeah, me yeah, yeah, yeah. You imagine biting her it, like, she would That's kick right. your ass never mind That's me right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no no my question for you is i i i'm gonna do the same question for the 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 three gladiators here with the the documentary. Uh, me and yeah. Mike both watched it. We thought it we thought it was fantastic as the yeah, viewer. Um, but with you know with a lot of documentaries, you get the the interviews afterwards. Like oh god, like yeah, that was yeah. they didn't get it right. How did you feel about the document? Did you feel like it nailed it? Did you feel it was great? Did they do it right? They do just nailed it. They yeah. nailed it. And I've talked to so many people about it that we we were somewhat hesitant obviously all the gladiators sure. like oh my gosh how's it going to turn out because you know with a lot of documentaries then they, they sensationalize the story sure, they don't get the yeah. story right they add stuff that isn't true they make it for tv i got to tell you that they 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 did it exactly exactly how it was there, there was no embellishing a story um they were that's, spot that's on. I felt like even during like mm. the party periods, which they love to like blow oh. up and dog, they didn't make it like too much. No, you know? no, yeah. it was just it was, group of people having just, fun. That's right, and it, they 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 nailed it, man. I got to tell you, they they nailed it. Where you you could walk away and go, wow, I'm really proud of that. I'm I was really pleasantly, and all of us were. I you know I keep in touch with all the gladiators. We were all pleasantly surprised, and we were really happy. They did a good job, good really good job. Now, with all the stuff you've done out of uh, the Gladiators, uh, this is my let's find out if IMDb is telling the truth or not. It lists you as a camera operator for Andrew Dice Clay one night with Dice. No, no not a camera operator. I was been... on there with Dice Clay, but I wasn't a kid. Then they have me down as a producer. Some camera operator. That's right. I was there and I was on his show, but not a camera operator. <laughs> I was about to say that that's a big jump because that was yeah. before Gladiator. So it's like yeah. you're holding a camera one day and they're like, well, can you lift up a human being? I don't know. <laughs> that's funny stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, like when it all ended, was it an easy, okay, I understand it's gone onto the next thing? Or did you literally have to sit back for a few months like, yeah, well, yeah, where's the next it, step? It was. Uh, and I've been in that position, you know, when football ended, you know, I had a bad injury with the Rams. That ended my career. 
And you talk about depression. Oh my God. You talk, what am I going to do with my life? Thinking about some bad thoughts as you know what I mean. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then you face that reality again, that what am I going to do with my life? You know, cause the show ended abruptly. I mean, it, you know, even though we did that uh, goofy uh, dinner theater show, that 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 didn't really take place of the, you know, the seven years of filming every summer and and finding out that, hell, we didn't even find out. We nobody called us, nobody told us that the show ended. We we just heard it through the grapevine that we weren't going to film. How about how about that? You don't even get mm. a phone call that, hey, sorry, yeah. you're not going to return. We're ending the season and ending the gladiators for good gee whiz i mean come on i mean so we didn't it, it was really difficult i uh you know i had a family I had kids and you're thinking what am i gonna do with my life now you know and so it, it took uh thankfully my wife today we've been together 27 years uh i was a uh, i i converted my garage into a really nice workout facility i i was a trainer and had a pretty good clientele and I, I, uh, I met, uh, my next client, which became my wife, <laughs> you know, what I mean? um, we've been together, married, married 27 years. And she really pushed me to say, listen, Jim, you, you got a lot to offer. You, you keep your eyes and ears peeled. You, you know, I know you don't want to be a trainer. There's nothing wrong with being a trainer, but that's not what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. And one thing led to another. And, uh, uh, my eyes and ears were open, uh, where most of the time they were closed off. And I had a client that said, Hey, there's a guy named Neil Spruce. Um, and Neil was an ex professional bodybuilder and he was running nutrition analysis at gold's gym and he left, but he started a new, uh, company called apex fitness. And I guess this guy went to one of his, uh, dinner parties and overheard Neil talking about, he was trying to hire a guy for, um, part of their subdivision, which is called Ergogen Labs. So he said, you should call Neil. And I said, well, I kind of know who Neil is. I've never been formally introduced, but I know who he is. So I sat on that phone number for a month and my wife said, remember what I told you? <laughs> Makes me emotional. Think about it. Keep your eyes and ears open. And I, I decided on a Sunday night to give him a call. And I said, Hey, Neil, it's, uh, Jim Starr, and uh, you may know me as Laser from the Gladiators. He goes, Jim, I know who you are. He said, I said, well, I hear you might be hiring for a part of your company with Ergogen Labs. He goes, absolutely. He said, send me over your resume, which you had a fax back then. He said, let me take a look at it, and I'll give you a call. So that night, I faxed him my resume. It was a Sunday night. He called me back immediately, and he said, come in Monday morning, tomorrow, talk to our CFO. You're hired. I said, what? Yeah. You're kidding me. <laughs> so here I am 30, what was I, 35, just turning 36, first time corporate job. I worked my way up. I became product manager at Ergogen, worked my way up the company ladder and became the VP of product development for 24-Hour Fitness. Uh, and then I was with Lifetime for many years and, and Dot Fit and uh, uh, Proform Laboratories, which they manufactured all the muscle milk at a time. And and now I'm happy to say I'm with a brand new company called NSF, and they're a third-party certification company where you've seen they do plumbing supplies, uh, they work on automobiles and aerospace engineering and uh, water supply lines, dietary supplements. You've probably seen the little NSF logo on maybe refrigerators sure. or yep. plumbing supplies. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. yeah. So they do all of that. And they're in 180 countries. And I've worked with this company since 2009 on dietary supplements for uh, NSF certified for sport products, you know, for the Major League Baseball and NHL, they get the certified for sport mark. Right. This way they, you know, they test it for all the banned yeah, substances hot, yeah. And, yeah. and adulterants. Yeah. So all the athletes can take them. So anyhow, uh, you've probably seen Dwayne, uh, the rock, uh, Johnson, he, he was drinking that drink. That's NSF, uh, NSF oh. certified for sport. So, yeah. So, uh, who, yeah, who that's is what this I've rock been doing. Guy? Who is this rock guy you're talking about? Yeah. What's he like? Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I met him before he really became big. Uh, yeah. met him in me Calabasas. Too, me too. I met him in Bayonne, New Jersey. Oh, oh you did? Did you I really? Got, I got an autograph sign when I was like, uh, you know, I like the WWE. He was in like a little shop. He signed in. Did, he was did a cool you? guy. Yeah, I was yeah, thirteen, maybe fourteen. Yeah, nice. I met him at a, a yeah. like a nightclub thing, and he was really a cool dude. You know, it was before he was a big time guy, but yeah, he's yep. big time now. Gee whiz. Yeah. Um. So, Jim, I don't, I don't. We don't want to take up all your time. So, first off, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, thank you. I could talk to you for hours. And I'm yeah. I'm not going to be ashamed to say this. You were my favorite gladiator. <laughs> or I, I love it. You, Thank you. I guess you are. I had I I had the laser toy back in the yeah, day. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. I, I don't know where it is. I'm sorry. I lost it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, I guess I guess my last question to you is, with all the stuff you you've been through as you've reinvented yourself and done so many things that I think maybe you could have found yourself in regardless of the gladiators but how do you look back on your time as the gladiators was what is it the the best experience of your life was it a positive a negative like how do you view that that hmm. 10 i don't know what eight to ten years or whatever yeah. one, five years hmm. of your life like and how do you look back on that like wow. what's your viewpoint on that yes yeah, you you, you had... without, without the gladiators i still feel like you could have went from football player body built and you could have mm -hmm. naturally got to where you were yeah but how do you view that portion of your life yeah well you got some great questions uh, i've never heard any of these in all the years i've been doing interviews um yeah <laughs> um humbly saying that you know uh gladiators was a part of my life that uh i could say i had a good time you know i mean i i really enjoyed mm -hmm the 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 team you know i i i'm not an individual player you know i i love that camaraderie with the team you know i all the gladiator guys and gals and us being on that tour bus um i i gotta say that the gladiators was fun you know every year i got injured so it kind of ruined the fun but when we did the tour for six months on that tour bus man oh man that was probably outside of being in college because we you know when you go to college how fun sure. that is it was college, i gotta say that college too yeah that 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 being on that tour bus and going to city to city and feeling like a rock star and oh my god we we're le wearing our leather jackets and <laughs> man yeah. that that is something special that we didn't even know what we were creating and we never paused and took in the moment right because you're just doing it. You don't know what you're even doing until it ended. And now we look back and go, wow, why didn't we just slow it down and, and enjoy the mm. moment? But boy, was it fun. Oh, my gosh. And it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Now, my, my, my 2B to that, real quick, is <laughs> since the release of the documentary, how many weirdos like me and Mike have reached out to you to try to try to get you on, on shows and interviews? Hey, I, I appreciate every one of you, and you're not weirdos at all. Let me tell you, it's been really nice to get some revitalization of the Gladiators and the name and getting out there. There has been some weirdos on social media you know, like yeah. I'm a straight guy, right? But there's some real weirdos coming out of the box there. Laser fan. Wonder what are you trying to tell me? They're trying to ask you for. Give, hmm. give yeah. me your laser. Yeah, 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 you know, you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. been that's been weird because yeah. I'm not used to that. But I got to tell you, we've had a heck of a time the last, you know, since the June 28th when the Netflix documentary aired. We right. we did the Comic Con in New York. Lori and I, Ice, went to Maryland, did a toy show, autograph signing, and and been getting a lot of people just reaching out, and it, it was really special. It's been really nice to just feel like, and it's not about being arrogant. It's just it feels good that we're still appreciated by like a little recognition, right? Yeah, a little yeah. recognition yeah. from people all over the world saying, "Wow, you were." I love that show growing up and it just feels good that at least we had something small in life that we could share with someone and they still remember us. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The yeah. pat on really the back cool. as you deserve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. pretty cool. It's humbling. It's really cool, man. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's also really cool that we, we, we get to do this and talk to people every week. And again, you, you, you never know suddenly we're talking to people from from the past that we loved watching growing up so i want to thank yeah. you jim thank you for, for coming on the show and i wish you luck with um all uh, everything you got going on and thank you it's so cool to see you reinvent yourself and uh, to me it's not even really really invent reinventing yourself you kind of i feel like you naturally would would still do what you're doing which is even better to see um but it's very cool that you gave us a couple minutes and thank you for your time uh merry christmas and uh if people want to check yeah. you out um see what's going on with laser um with jim in his world where should they go to to, to interact with you sure yeah i i think my facebook is jim star with two r's 32 i same thing with uh i think my instagram they can check me out on linkedin um and that's about it you know I, i'm not a big social bug you know i try to post a little things here and there but uh you know, I always like it when people reach out. It's really nice to hear what people have to say about the show and about other gladiators. And I'll never turn down an autograph. Uh, I feel very humbled and I feel worthy that uh, people are, you know, take the time to do it. You know, that's that's what life's about. Just like you guys, uh, uh, Mike and Scott, just to reach out and do this. It's it's humbling for me. And I, I appreciate you guys. And my final question is, if. As I'm asking every one of the gladiators, if your name Laser wasn't available, what would have been your second string name? Um, probably. Let's see here. Uh, <laughs> if Laser wasn't available, uh, shoot, that's a good one. I can't. <laughs> ice couldn't come up with one. Yeah, she's no, like, I, I don't know. They, they, they yeah, said ice. I'm like, she, okay. She couldn't. She could not come up with one. So. <laughs> I don't know, Grizzly. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that that would be nice. I kind of like Grizzly, Grizzly too. 
Yeah. You were pretty clean shaven though back in the day. Yeah, I, know. I, I, I feel like now. you're grizzly. You're grizzly now. You were laser <laughs> then. But, uh... That's right. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank laser. Laser. Um do you think right now, if you were in prime, what 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 age would you consider your prime? Like in athletic ability, youth, recovery, uh, sleep, uh, you can get up every day, feel amazing. What what would you say your prime was? I mean, like wanting to do things would be in my twenties, but probably I've done more exercising in my forties and okay. stuff like that with my uh, marathons and all that stuff. So probably late early forties, maybe maybe okay. late forties. So you're gonna say like. 44-year-old Mike it would be the one you would enter into the American Gladiators? We'll go with that. Why not? Okay. So 44-year-old Mike against Laser right now. Okay. Uh-huh. Now he's had a bunch of surgeries and whatnot. What event, okay, if you had to choose one event against Laser, do you think you would not die, die within the – like what event do you think you would stand a chance at? I mean, what's the one where you got to shoot the target? Is that, uh, is that assault? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously that one, because he can't, he just got to stay up there with the gun. <laughs> True. There ain't much Good he pick. can do there. Um, yeah. Like, if I have to do one where there's contact involved, right. Uh, I would probably aim for either pyramid or, um, the one where you got to put the balls in the containers. Um, oh, my God. That's not the one you want to do. <laughs> well, my thought process for both is. I, I was with you, you the con- on the other one. I was with you on the other one. But yeah. once you said the one where that man can tackle you. Um, yeah. Well, I got to hear this my one. thought process is in that game. You have the other contestant with you. And I can kind of use like try to use screens and let him go through the other. Who are you choosing? Barry Sanders as your partner? (laughs) Well, my, like I said, like if he doesn't fully concentrate on me, right. I have somewhat a prayer. (laughs) Like I'm the kind of guy where they, they, three gladiators tackle the one guy going, Oh, we forgot about the other guy. And I get the sneaky two points here and there. Your goal is to hide behind the other contestant. Yeah. So here's the problem. You should actually choose someone worse than you so they just focus on the easy guy. You have to be the better of the two in this situation. No, like if I, like every time that one guy runs, I'm going to go like right behind him just for the fact of I hope they just all crash into him and I can take a couple steps back and run the other way. I wish like AI gets so good that we could simulate this right now and see how it would happen. Um, I think this is a terrible choice on your part. I think laser would kill you. I mean, what do you think about the pyramid one I brought up? Pyramid, you, you know, at least you have some like climbing chance, leverage, yeah, plays, yeah, yeah, letting him slip off. This guy's on the ground where he is intimidating and mm-hmm. in front of you. This is a terrible choice. I was with you until you threw that one out, but yeah, 
you're banking on your partner, I guess. Okay. Don't, yeah, well, don't he's not my partner. Me. He's a contestant. I yeah, just yeah, hope yeah. they all hate the second contestant more than me. So. <laughs> right, man. And that is not even possible. You will automatically I, be the hated well, contestant. Well, this is a mystical AI situation that we're coming with anyway, so I might as well, in this scenario, be like, you know, on American Gladiators, Michael Burley versus Hitler. You know, and everybody's <laughs> I like... Next week, I'm typing those kind of things into AI and see see what <laughs> would be the outcome. But uh, great interview by Jim. Uh, mm. Seems like he uh, really has his stuff together still and, and doing good things. So mm. uh, thank you, Jim. Mike, what do you got? Uh, Scott, uh, I have a little story about my uh, big tongue friend. Over to my right hand side, known as I wish Peter. it was just some guy. Like this is oh, this is Ed. this is Bill. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's Mike. Large... I want to get the twenty first person on the yeah. He's the got podcast. a large tongue. Yeah, yeah. So um, about last about last guy, week, guys, he's talking about his dog. But yeah, Vader are my husky golden dual mix. Yeah, the um, one who gets the most food. Yeah. So a couple about a week ago. We had some really bad rain down here, and it was like the real thick kind of raindrop kind of rain, cold, all that good stuff. Okay, forest. Yeah. <laughs> so there was rain that came in sideways. There was rain, the big rain. You know, no. yeah, the big old drops. But uh, around four a.m., I get waken up by the doggies. They want to go out. So woken up. Yep. So I go, okay. I know none of them like rain. A lot of times they will just like poop in the corner or something when it's raining outside, but I want to get them out. And hopefully they'll go to the bathroom. So usually I let all the dogs out at once and then just bring them in and whatever, but I don't want to stand out in the rain. Cause you ever let them all out and go, who let the dogs out? Mike, 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 Mike. <laughs> do you ever do yeah. that or no? Yeah. I played I a will. podcast with, yeah. uh, <laughs> with the guy from the bomb man. Bomb man. Yeah, yeah. I do that all the time. So, um, since Vader, he usually goes on his runner and all I got him connected to the tree. I go, all right, I'm going to keep laying in. I'm going to take Vader out, going to make him wait for him to pee and run back in. So, like I said, I just woke up. All I have is a T-shirt and underwear on, but it's pretty cold outside, so I put on a Please coat. don't turn on our audience like that. Yeah. Like, don't. We're not that kind of podcast. Uh, also, you have Vader turn to that. Leia. If you get one more dog, can you name it Dog 3PO? Uh, I think it's a great name for <laughs> dog. That's pretty sweet. I mean, we we jokingly say Callie. We call her Lando Callie Rissian, if right, anybody right. asks. But but Dog Three PO is a good name, and that's solid. Yep, and that might be an option. So, <laughs> all right. So, get the dog outside, raining, slippery, all that. Takes his pee. I'm like, all right, good. Drag him into the house. I'm gonna let Leia out. She can go outside on her own. As I have Vader inside, he keeps on giving his husky kind of cry to me, you know? What's it like? I, I didn't hear it. The, the mic's not picking it up. Um, no, okay, got it. Got okay, it. okay, uh, got it. Got it, yeah, yeah. All right. So I say to myself, all right, He, I guess he's got to poop, so I got to take him 
outside and allow him to do that. So Leia just comes in after the rain. She goes out to the rain. He's distracted on the porch as she's going inside. I'm like, come on, let's go, let's go. And Vader's kind of a tugger, if you will. So he just goes full weight forward. I take two steps onto my porch steps and I flop all the way down to the ground because of him. I'm barefoot, by the way, as a side note. Now, how many steps are we talking here? I think I my back felt about four of them <laughs> slamming into my back and onto the ground. Now, at any point of this, are you in your man pup like outfit? Like if no, you I fell, if you fell and the authorities had to find you outside, are you no? Um, as I say before, I have a t shirt, <laughs> I have a coat, and I'm in my underwear. Yeah. And that's but it. You have a t shirt that says, Yes, I'm a man pup with underwear no. that is also what you call your leather outfit underneath. I got it. No. I got it. No, no. So so like I'm literally on the ground and it's kind of like stubbing your toe. Your instant thought is I broke everything. The world is ended. <laughs> so it's four in the morning and I, I want to release like like anger kind of pain, if you will. But there's like, obviously I don't want to wake up the neighbors as I'm sitting in a puddle in my underwear at four in the morning. So I kind of do like the little just kind of to myself, mm -hmm. I guess with a little volume to it. But if the, you will. the mic didn't pick that one up either. <laughs> oh, you turn into an elephant. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. So uh, I'm on the ground. My, my wrist is sore. The dog is staring at me, like, mm. kind of sadly, did I do that kind of look? The dog is probably like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. And yeah. I'm I'm sitting on, like, asphalt in a puddle in my underwear for probably a good, like, four or five minutes as I try to comprehend what just happened. Right. So I hear in the house, like, my wife wakes up. And she's coming down. I'm like, oh, okay. She's coming outside to check on me. And oh, she's a nurse. I'm sure she heard me anguish. I'm sure she's coming out to check on me. She just closes the door. She literally closes <laughs> the door to just be like, I don't want the dogs to go out and you woke me up. <laughs> she probably thought there was a an, a stray dog with the sounds you were making. Um, no, she would have loved the stray dog. She didn't <laughs> love me that night. I love just you being like, no, <laughs> like sitting in the puddle and, and as the door is closing and the dog's all happy and warm and like, oh, come here again. And you're just dying in your underwear. Well, well, I'm still down there and like Vader is next to me and I look at him and I notice he's um, holding the one paw. He's like gentle with the one paw. And I'm saying to myself, oh, man, must have came down struck him some way maybe hurt his paw or whatever i gotta stop worrying about myself let me worry about my buddy second i get up he sprints upstairs and he goes inside the house to get away from me oh. so I'm, I'm just a cold wet <laughs> half naked man nice. outside wondering 
what I did in my life to deserve what just happened there. And this is the moment the neighbor that you let her young son borrow your Wi-Fi looks out the window and she's like, oh my God. Oh my Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't. And she was on the other side of where my uh, back steps are. But uh, yeah, that was a uh, fun little moment as I got reassured that my uh, buddy loves to pull me and on this to say the last few days as we've had ice outside i have held him by like maybe a quarter of an inch of a leash basically going you are not moving a step now how did you end up getting into the house well she didn't lock the doors she just didn't want to hear me moaning (laughs) so she literally as like as i brought it up a couple days ago she's like well i was worried the dogs would get out I'm like, you could have just been like, you okay? And then close the door. That'd be such a great story if you just died outside and like her and the three dogs are lying in bed together in your spot. Yeah. (laughs) All nice and warm. And she like wakes up and she goes, did you make coffee? Yeah. 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 She only notices that you're gone when, when it's trash day. Like when mm-hmm. the trash has to go out, and she's like, "Oh my god, take mm-hmm. this out, would you?" And you're just a pile of disgusting Jersey Georgian garbage on the floor. She sees my dead body outside, and she goes, "Oh my god, I don't know where he put the keys." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need my car. Yeah, yeah. I had to get to my workouts. So, what was the damage? Um, to the luck, uh, luck your temple, if you if you will. Luckily, the only damage was I had a sore wrist for a while. Like I, I checked my arm; it, my arm was a little sore, but I had none of the like missing layer of skin or anything like that. At first, when I came in, actually, my the wife asked, and if I was bleeding, I'm like, no, it's just mud from where I fell in. So it's not even like manly blood; it's just disappointment mud on my leg. Disappointment mud. Yeah. Mike's disappointment mud. <laughs> you feeling down on yourself? Just rub some disappointment mud all over you. You'll feel better. Yeah, you'll feel better. Life gets better with disappointment mud. <laughs> well, I'm kind of glad you made it back. So, um, all right. Well, another uh, Gladiators episode. Another episode of the new year. Glad to be back. We have one more Gladiator episode to uh, to uh, kick off this year and. Uh, don't kill yourself after you hear it next week, but uh, we'll try to we'll try to pad that with some nice things. Mm. You know, we'll try to pad it with some spoilers. Spoilers, but uh, anyway, I want to thank Jim Starr for coming on the show. What a great interview, uh, Mike! Anything to promote before we go? Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to the uh, A7FL. Uh, that is the uh, football league that we interviewed uh, quite a few years back. Uh, it is seven on seven, no pads, tackle football. They actually just came in with a partnership with the Arena Football League, and the two leagues are actually going to be working together to kind of uh, move players back and forth so it gives more people opportunities. So shout out to the A7FL. Uh, check out their games or the Arena Football League. If you want to learn more, uh, go to A7FL.com. And I got to give a shout out to our two-time guest jim ethan miller getting Mm. it done once again last week on ufc fight night uh winning by a uh, rear naked choke um this man is 
getting the attention he deserves suddenly now in the um, the fight world. We did a live podcast from Tap House 15 with him and his brother many years ago. Um, then we had him back on the show. Uh, he has the record for most fights in the UFC. He has the record for most wins in the UFC. Um, and his goal, I think he even said it like in the second interview we did, um, he wanted to be on UFC 100, 200, and 300. And if you take into account that there's 12 pay-per-views a year, you're talking close to 20 years of of fighting and waiting and, and doing this thing. And now he just got a fight at UFC 300 um, against Bobby Green. Our man has a chance of breaking into the top 15 again at the age of 41, I believe he is. Insane. Which is unbelievable. Uh, fought Lyme disease. Uh, lost five fights in a row, has now won five out of his last six. The dude, it's such a cool story. I'm following it like left and right. And he wants, he's signing off, he wants to put out a petition at 300 for Bruce Buffer to announce him as Jim fucking Miller at the uh, USA 300. He's always been playing with his nicknames. That's what he wants to be called. Um, This guy's, I mean, I don't even if he wins at three hundred, I don't see him dropping the gloves and putting him in the middle of the octagon. Keep going, Jim. Uh, we are rooting for you here. Um, such a cool story. Um, really cool to see him unfold, and he's getting the attention he deserves. So, and Scott challenges him to a fight. That's going to be on episode five hundred of the Verbal Shenanigans podcast. Yeah, it's Mike going to be one hundred, two hundred, three hundred. And 500. We're not going to yeah. worry about 400. Yeah. Mike versus laser. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm on the undercard. <laughs> yeah. 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 Me versus Jim Miller, but it's such a cool story. So, um, other than that, guys, life's funny. Laugh at it. Keep the win at your back. Scott, Bye. if you just had my dad on the show more often, you would have got that second question right. Still, still debatable. Still debatable. We talked to Hank. Mm-hmm.